1: And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here.
0: Hey, Pat, it's 2020. Yeah. It's a new year. Yeah. Do you reckon if we call Jason Furman, his attitude might have improved? Only one way to find out. Should we call him? Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. Hello, Buffhead. Hey, Cockhead, what are you doing? <laughs> you woke me up, you bastard. Dude, we're recording another ad and we thought we'd call him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucking
1: woke me up. You're lucky alright?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, is that one of the reasons you don't like people calling you? Because you work nights? Yeah, that's like <laughs> I, I, I try to stay awake until fucking like midday, but no, people ring me at like three in the afternoon. Oh, like as if they have live. Hey, Jace, got any cool stuff for sale through com? Yeah, so you get on the website, and if you're a balanced trainer, certified balanced trainer, that's NDTF or Bart Bell and Gold School, right. um, you can get up to $40 off. I just products. I see. Is that because you're an ethical good guy and you're trying to outprice people just buying them without knowing what they're doing with them?
0: Pretty much. There are other reasons, but mostly it's that I'm a i am am an asshole as well. But
1: <laughs> so if people wanted all this kind of dog training equipment,
0: equipment monk. Uh, yeah, equipment. Is that a chipmunk with that has equipment on? Yeah. Okay. Uh, is,
1: is that my new name, Pat? Yeah.
0: You're the, you're the equipment. <laughs> the
1: equipment. Yeah. Where do they go to check out that? Best bet is dot www.einzweck.com.
0: All right. Happy New Year, Buffett. Glenn, are you eating dog food? I'm not eating dog food. Okay. But people thought I was last time. This is why we're redoing this ad because last time we were doing it, we had people ringing up saying, I'm very confused. It sounds like you're eating dog food. What dog food did people think you were eating? They thought I was eating Bright Spites. Why would people think you were eating it? Well, because on our ad last time, I made a little rustle and you said, Glenn, what are you doing? And I said, I'm enjoying some Bright bites." Isn't it that the Bright bites are so healthy
1: and nutritious for a dog that they're amazing to use in training because dogs love the flavor of them. They're Correct. actually very good for the dog. Mm. And they're so delicious that you thought maybe you'd have a
0: little nibble? Well, you could because it's been so well made, as you said, as you pointed out. Kylie Bright uses all the best products that you could possibly think of in her dog treats mm-hmm. that you could possibly eat them, but they're not recommended for human consumption, but they are great for your dog. Okay. Where would I get these? Dog squad canine
1: Did you say dog squad canine I
0: did, sir. Would I spell that canine or spell it out? Canine as in C A N I N E, not K9. But- okay. So spell it out dog
1: squad canineservices.com.au. Get yourself some Bright's Bites. Use them to train your dog. Don't have a nibble yourself unless you really want to. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. I'm your host, Pat Stewart. I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Glenn Cook. What a time to be alive. Strange days. Strange days, indeed. It is, as we're sitting here, not less than one and a half meters away from each Practicing other. Practicing our social responsibility. It's a good thing, actually, that we did get this desk, because normally we sit there little shoulder-to-shoulder style.
0: We do. And now we're across from each other, so yeah. we can maintain the health guidelines. Which is washing hands and keeping clean, like using disinfectants, wiping Mm -hmm. things down, which we've been practising vigilantly. Mm -hmm. Good thing is, is Narelle's very organised with that sort of thing and being involved in health and hygiene. It's one practice that she's done regardless anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's always about washing hands, keeping clean. Even before this, Narelle used to vigilantly tell me, don't touch your face so much if you can help it, especially when we're travelling through public areas. Like if we're at airports and touching poles and so forth or escalators or anything like that, she'll always say to me, don't touch your face. Yeah, right. Like she'd done this for years and she always carries baby wipes or hand sanitizer in her handbag and Mm -hmm. she'd always say to me, clean yourself down, especially before we Clean
1: yourself, you filthy animal. Yeah.
0: Well, we've got beards and so apparently we've got poop particles in our beards. Yeah. So That's what I was going to say. So it's no change for you. It's no change.
1: It's hard for me not to lick so many handrails because I... (laughs) Uh, so anyway, it's the Corona podcast that we had to have and we didn't want to have. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird time. I think that it's been hard to even find a time to get together because world's all kind of topsy-turvy at the moment. Lots mm. of
0: weird stuff going on. But here we are. Yeah, we've had a lot of discussions around it and had to make time where we could make time. Mm. At one stage, I was at in two minds whether we really wanted to talk about this or not because, I mean, the whole airwaves have been flooded by it. Yeah. But I guess at this juncture, we really need to talk about it. Yeah. Like people need to be thinking about it because people are scared. Like they're genuinely scared. For, for our generation, we've never seen anything like this before. Mm. You know, like the biggest tragedy that we all – There's been a lot of tragedies, don't get me wrong, but the biggest tragedy that we all saw and really had a world impact on us was the World Trade Centers. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when that happened, I mean, look, there have been prolific wars and and lives lost and terrible things that have occurred all over the world. But these type of things really, these stop worlds and nations. Mm. And the coronavirus thing is just something that I've never witnessed in my lifetime. Mm. This would be an event like our grandparents have sort of witnessed when – people started dropping bombs on their country from other countries, Mm. you know, when, when that sort of thing happened and they just thought, what do I do? Yeah. You know, like this is, we've never been through anything like this before. How do we, how do we live? How do we survive? How do we get day to day? It is. It's strange days. I think like, I think for us though, talking about it,
1: First of all, I think it's important we check each other and not give any health advice to anybody.
0: Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. that That's very
1: important. I think part of the big problem, what I'm seeing around, especially in the dog training community online, mm. is people fucking sharing nonsense information. Yeah. And like memes are not news. Yeah. Memes are funny. Yeah. And if you're sharing funny ones, keep it up. That's Yeah. Let,
0: let's keep our sense of humor in this. I know that some people have shared some Corona type memes and other people have gotten antsy about it and says you know like you're not taking seriously the impact it's having on people who are losing lives and so forth and you can guarantee we are yeah i'm certainly taking it seriously and i know you are and i'm sure multitudes of people that we know and trust and love and care about are doing the same thing but we need to keep our sense of humor alive at the same time yeah you know I think, and mate, sometimes that's the most important part yeah sometimes sometimes the best way to do that is to have a bit of humor about it like when I wouldn't laugh or I wouldn't encourage or I wouldn't spread a meme that was harmful about other people, like encouraging, you know, like uh, distasteful things to happen to other people and, you know, laughing about the tragedy that's happened to other people. We need to be clear about that. None of my colleagues who are sharing humorous memes are sharing memes about harm happening to anybody else. Mm. So that sort of thing, you know, definitely would discourage that sort of thing. That's not funny. I mean, that's just... Yeah. Distasteful in in all aspects.
1: But I think what I was going to say was I just – it's important not to get your news from screenshots of other things on Facebook. Like, people are so full of shit. Yeah. And there's so much misinformation getting around that it makes it really hard. I think a lot of people – like, it's stressful times. Everybody's in a difficult situation. And and people around the world, you know, are listeners in almost every country, right? So. People around the world have different – they're in different situations mm. and are dealing with it in different ways. Yeah. And I think the advice is to, like, plug into your local actual government – Yeah, your like health body. advisory. Yeah. Mm. That from the government or from the World Health Organization, which yeah. is who. And so, you know, plug into whatever that is and don't be like – don't be relying on your information from old O down the street <laughs> yes. who, who's – who's got a mate whose wife told him something that she heard from their friend's kid. Who's in the Navy. Yeah. Like that's just not a reliable source.
0: Right. Like well, a- you, out of the two of us, you are the authority on sensitive information. Like mm-hmm. you have had a career which involved, you know, dealing with covert information and, you know, you know yourself that it has to be reliable and it has to become from.
1: Yeah. You got to look, I mean, and like I've, Certainly when I was in the army, I had mm. training on that sort of thing. Right. And there's certain there's circumstances under which like maybe, you know, without going into details, but maybe because of certain reporting, you can, you know, use a drone to strike something mm-hmm. and you have to have certain checks and balances in place to say like, yeah, someone told us, but like it's not just some Jono, like here's who he is, here's his motivations. And yep. there's a checklist you go through. Like certainly I've had training in that. Right. But I think everybody- needs to sort of cast their mind back to their history lessons at school. And you talk about like source information, like firsthand source, secondhand sources, like everybody learns that in high school. Mm. Right. And you've got to look at the information that's available and go like, okay, where did that come from? And is What's that a reliable motivation? source? Mm. Is that a reliable source? And yep. like some people's motivation is to, you know, get clicks and and shares still. And that's like, that's why I've sort of stayed away from mainstream media for years. Mm. But like you got to look at when someone's just sharing a screenshot and it says, I heard it from a guy down the street. The government's getting shut down on this day. Like it's total nonsense. Like yeah. you, you can't read into that shit and sharing that around just creates more panic and more hysteria. Like stay yep. plugged into what your local government has to say. Your resident, like actual authority on this thing. They're the ones that make the rules and follow the guidelines. I think there's been people as well that are, you know, fuck the guidelines I'm, I do what I want. And, you know, especially say someone like me, for example, right? Like I am, The fittest I've been in a long, long time. Yep. Um, very healthy. So I'm not in the risk category. And I think people like me, it's easy to say, oh, well, who cares, whatever. I'm going to get a sniffle and a a cough. But guaranteed, there's someone you love that is
0: in that risk category. That's right. right. And that's the real danger of it is that, you know, like I was thinking about this the other day. Sorry to interrupt your momentum. But I was thinking when I was talking to you and you were talking about saying, you know, I'd just like to get it and be over and done with it. And so would I. Honestly, I'd just like to get it go through the motions of getting it, but then I've got to think, well, I live on site at Mm. pet resorts, you know, like I've got staff here. All of them are going to go home to someone they're going to meet. And this is where the social responsibility comes into it, but it's not only that, then you black flag the business. And then people are thinking, well, you've got plague there. And all of a sudden you've got a red cross on your door yep. where people are saying, well, you can't go to a pet resorts anymore because it's plague ridden, mm. you know. And it's it's not like leprosy where where our arms and legs are going to start falling off and so forth. But it is something that could kill our grandparents yeah. or somebody with a immunocompromised illness, yeah. you know, like I've got family with immunity disorders And the reality is if I was irresponsible and went around hanging around them after I've been potentially exposed to it, I can put their life at risk.
1: Yeah. And so I think the best advice that I've seen, and it's the only advice I'll give on here, like Mm. in regard to the corona, Mm. is not to try not to get it, is to presume that you have it and try not to spread it. Yes. And I think that if everybody kind of sticks with that advice, Mm. um, like when I saw that, I was like, yeah, okay, that's what I'm falling into. So I've been really quite – isolating myself because like I say, I'm in the category of people that probably would have no idea whether I have it or not. And so I've been taking steps to try and avoid, you know, I presume I do have it Mm. so that I'm not potentially passing it on to anybody else. And I think that's the only advice that I'll give on it. And, and, and not that I'm in anybody to give any advice on anything about
0: it. Well, I mean, even when I came back from the States, when I was over there with the ICP crew, you know, Mm. like I had a terrible flu, like I had it while I was there and I had it while I was in transit and I had it while I was here you know, and I was doing everything I could possibly do to limit my contact with staff. Even in the days where I was healthy enough to get up and and work, it was in my office and I was making phone calls to everybody. And I waited until I had the all clear from the doctor. And I even got tested for corona at that time because the stigma had just started. It hadn't peaked and it hadn't exploded and gone crazy like it has now. But I had to go to the doctor to satisfy myself and several other staff members that I didn't have corona. Mm. And uh, the doctor said to me, you don't present with corona, but you've got a nasty flu and you are very infectious, so, you know, you need to practice. Yep. And, you know, like I was on antibiotics and isolation and, you know, limiting contact with Narelle and everybody else while I just went through it. Pain in the neck, but necessary and, and responsible. And like you said, regardless of whether I've got anything now or not, it doesn't hurt to remain hygienic, washing your hands, using sanitizers, thinking about surface you're touching, limiting the, the amount of times you're touching your face, yeah. practicing social distance. We can still be social with each other. We don't have to. Well, I think that's
1: super important that we Very do. Very much. And there's lots of ways to do that. I mean, that's why we've made the effort to try and get this going. And I feel like that's a big part of the, you know, you've got to laugh. you got to have times. you got to find a, find the humour in stuff, right? Absolutely. And even if it's not about this, you got to get together
0: and, and you know, still in be one human way and, or another. And, and still not treat each other like we're dangerous and explosive. Yeah. You know? And that that's the thing. Now, the other thing on top of this too is that there is going to be a lot of people who are going to be economically affected by this. Yeah. That's and we're impact, in that category. Especially to our industry. Yeah. Our watch. industry is going to suffer because we're basically a – We're a luxury item. We're a luxury item, that's right. To some we're a necessary evil because people have got dogs that are playing up and they're they're looking at it. But while work is drying up for them, it dries up extensively for us and it puts us in a hurt locker. So this is something that we really need to discuss and we need to look at alternatives. But at the same time, while people are in isolation – or restricting contact, their dogs are going to be driving them crazy. Yeah. And they still need access to online support. Yeah. So we need to look at, as a community, and I mean, I know it's been talked about, Bill Church has been talking about it, and several other people have been discussing it. It's great to see people raising the bar as as a community standard. I know the ISCP are looking into it further on how we can support members and so forth. Mm -hmm. And this needs to be... Thought about and workshopped across the board because as I said, a lot of people are going to be hurting. You're going to hurt. We're already seeing like a massive decline in, yeah. you know, boarding numbers because we are an industry that supports holidays and, yeah. and vacations. So, so
1: like I can talk about myself right? Yeah, go I, ahead. as
0: an example in
1: that, you know, last year I made the, from a business decision, it was my, as like, I am my own business. Mm that I was going to travel heaps this year. So my plan was to like next year, I wanted to be way more on the tools and be training more dogs. And I just decided that for like, while the opportunity was available for me and people wanted to hear what I had to say, I was working a crazy amount this year of Mm. like really putting in an insane amount of travel time. And so I've geared all of my business around that. And I actually, all of the, pet dog training clients that I have I offloaded to other people yep so I cleared my plate as much as possible to allow me to travel and had a very large number of international public events organized that are all on the website you know as well as a lot of them that are private events for agencies and that sort of thing that are all over the world as well that you know aren't on that website for people to see so really my whole year was packed for travel and I'd say that yeah, you know, I've already cancelled the one event that was actually probably next weekend was meant to happen in Tucson um, and then Massachusetts after that. And I'd say that almost all of it is like all the international stuff for the remainder of the year, mm. who knows, who knows, right? Like it's hard to forecast, but I'd say it's very likely that all of that is going to be impacted at the least. Yep. So the the result for me is, you know, it's, it's huge. And, and it's, I took a big risk in, well, it didn't feel like a risk at all when I decided, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I love doing it. I'm going to travel around. I'm going to train people instead of organizing training dogs locally. And they're not really things that can be done online that, you know, like all of our contents online anyway. Like if you go through the, however hundred many episodes there is and all through all the Patreon content, like everything's there, right? Yeah. The idea of the live stuff is that you get to ask live
0: questions and you see the presentation there and you tell some stories that maybe I don't tell online. Well, it's the, a little different. It's a little different because as we've, you know, like as we've been talking about having second set of eyes and you know, the master coach there. On yeah. Hand. That's it. So
1: the, the big part is the yeah. training,
0: the dogs part, right? Yeah. The hands on. So part. the information that we're putting out, I believe is very good. Very good to, very high standard. However, the reality is it's still like doing martial arts on a VHS tape. Yeah, that's right. The, the, yeah, the yeah. thing for this is it's a supplementary. You know, it's like eating well and supplementing. Yeah. The, the two go hand in hand in, in ensuring that you're going to get maximum uptake. Yeah, And it's the same thing with what we're doing with training is that we're encouraging people to uh, follow and watch the online content. But if available and if economically viable you can actually have the coach there with you yeah they can say okay that's great you're doing 90 right but you know here's some things that's that need right. modification." and that's the piece that can't be replicated online you that's know what right. i mean like you yep. just can't put that
1: in and as well as like the the things that i like the way i teach is it's infotainment. I'm really acutely aware of that. So I put on it, it's a show, right? Like it's a, a, the way that I teach the theory components of the workshops that I do is a story. The whole thing is a story end to end and yep. that it makes people, helps people understand it. And it's, a big part theater right and but so then it tops it off with the actual pragmatic With the side actual of it. work right mm. so it's not something I can replicate online all yeah. oh, the contents available online and I do a lot of Skype sessions and that that you know that that'll continue to happen people mm. will continue to find me that way and and if anything that'll up that'll pick up now because there were people who intended to go to those events and now can't and they'll do more Skype sessions so like you know that's going to be okay mm. but the impact I think that that's the impact for me and you know I just the international travel is the big thing for me. Like, and I just don't know when that will pick up and I'm worried about in the future of like how expensive that will be when it restarts because, you know, I think that airlines will be struggling and you know, there's
0: a lot of like flow. Or there could be good deals too. Yeah. Who knows? You know, like we we don't know what we don't know yet. So I, I think the safest thing to do now, which is the same thing that I've been encouraging all my staff because we've got a lot of staff because we've got a lot of facilities and I have to talk to them on a daily basis as things change. The one thing that I'd tell them to do is what you've been talking about and what the essence of the show is, is assume nothing at this point in time until we actually have physical confirmation of what's going on. Yeah. So I've told them to start with, don't panic. Panicking doesn't do anything but create a much bigger problem in the onset. Yeah. So please, guys, out there, you know, like I know we're hurting. I know we're scared. This is a, a lot of unknown. We've never encountered this before, but panicking won't resolve anything. Yeah. You know, like we're seeing panic buying going on in supermarkets where people are bashing each other with toilet paper <laughs> in the toilet paper aisles, which is just absurd. Hold on, let me let me cut you off. Yeah, I've watched pretty much every apocalypse
1: movie that's come out. Yeah, right. Like I've watched the zombie ones. Yep. I've watched the earthquake ones. Yep. So I've have watched I. the media ones. Yep. I, I watch them all, mm-hmm. all. Right. Oh, not like in the last few weeks, but I've watched everything. Everything. Not one of them predicted this toilet paper. Problem. Not one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not one <laughs> single
1: zombie movie shows a goddamn lack of toilet paper fucking anywhere. Shows an
0: old lady getting a beat down in an aisle. No with, one saw this sorbent. toilet paper problem coming.
1: Like, and where did it come from as well? I want to know, like say, like I can't speak for around the world where I know they've also having toilet paper crisis
0: problems, yep.
1: but there is no shortage of toilet See, paper. See, they're the
0: memes that are funny.
1: Oh, like- the one of the guy that shit himself in the aisle. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the thing about that. Thoughts
0: and prayers to the family.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine, imagine that poor dude sat on, <laughs> like he sat on mud or something like that. Yep. Like it's just something innocuous because he's walking around the shopping center, yep. probably doesn't know that he's got this massive thing <laughs> in his ass and he's now an international shit yourself yeah. in the like toilet paper crisis but sensation. There's, there's
0: two, there's that one and there's a guy on a bike with mud splatter all up his <laughs> ass and it said, you know, I went to Coles to find toilet paper now I'm off to Woolies. <laughs>
1: but can you imagine that was you and you're just, walking down the aisle no big deal <laughs> and that was probably three years ago and someone took that photo and that person's then gone oh yes it, it's i, like I it- have the ultimate photo stored it stored in my phone to pull that out yeah and then you're you're at home chilling out and your mate messages and goes hey brian I uh,
0: don't know if you know, but <laughs> you're the guy. You're the, to- the lack of toilet paper problem meme it, guy. It's like Jason Biggs from the American Pie um, yeah, series. He has never been. The pie not, fucker. He's the pie fucker. Yeah. And in an interview, he said, you know, I don't think I'll ever shake the stigma of being known as the pie fucker. Yeah. No. yeah.
1: But I tell you, that's what like no movie No book. No no saw it coming. None of that. Like, Mm. and
0: uh, I mean, there's been a raid on food and you know, like people Yeah, expect all that. Yeah. Expect all that. Right.
1: Toilet paper, toilet paper. No one saw that coming. Mm. And you know, what's annoying. It's gone into like all paper products, right? Yeah. So paper towels, tissues,
0: tampons for women and all sorts of stuff like that. But So
1: like, you know, while business is pretty close to like, well, not business as usual, but we're still, you know, continuing on here in Australia anyway. Jane can't get, Paper towel to tattoo. So in a tattoo, you'll use most of a roll of, to- of uh, not toilet paper, of paper, paper towel, towel, right? Yep. Huge paper towel crisis that it's not that like there's a shortage. It's just because everybody's got it in their house. Like who knows what for? Mm. It's hard to get a hold of that shit to now do tattoos with, right? So like, and that's not like a hoarding luxury problem for them. It's like, that's a thing you really have to use in the work. Yep. The guys were the the shop
0: she's working at well, the There are at people the with babies. Yeah, that's that, one I feel bad for. Right, that, is they need to clean up after their babies. Yeah, there are medical professionals that are running out of face masks, and yeah. you know, like it's just it's insane. Like, unfortunately. I think our world leaders have stepped in, like ScoMo got on, who's Scott Morrison, now prime minister. Mm-hmm. He got online the other day and really gave people a blast over it. Mm. You know, like he just said, this is absolutely absurd. Like some of the stupidest things that I've, I've seen, mm. I know he's not really a popular guy at the moment, but I appreciated, And I think Australia did that. He got online and said, pull your heads in. This is on Australian behavior. Yeah. There's plenty of produce to go around the way you're treating each other is absurd and it's just, it's not just un-Australian, it's lacking humanity. Yeah. it's Lacking care for, you know, imagine that your grandma getting a smackdown. down, you've got a cart full of toilet paper, she goes to get one and you start beating her around the head with it. Yeah. Which is an actual thing that was happening. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, if that was my grandmother, I'd be so angry about it. Yeah. Mm.
1: Well, and that, I think what's important as well from us in the industry is, on the same topic as a toilet paper, but I think, is now more than ever is the time where you find out who people really are, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like
0: that message I sent to you the other day. It's from Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. That says the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Yeah. You know, I think Boyd was one of the first people who showed me that quote. I think for him and for you, you know, brothers in arms and sisters in arms in military and, and those sort of things. This is where you guys rely on each other. When, when the world goes to shit, you know, you need calmness to prevail. Well, it's not just when the world goes to shit. I think one thing, you know, I put a post about this on my business
1: page the other day about- Yeah, I saw that. It was a really good post. It was yeah, quite profound. Well, it, like I think this is going to be an interesting time where you get to see who people really are. So yep. for- Two years I spent at the Special Forces Training Centre, right, in 2009 and 10. I think the two years I was posted there. So I was deployed in 2008 on, like, a, a particularly outrageous trip, and afterwards they were like, hey, Pat, why don't you go over here for a little while and not deploy for a little while? So anyway, I was at the school in 2009 and 10 and running selection courses, and then the way it works is the selection courses at the start of the year, and then you, like, in April, or not in April, in, like, end of January, you spend six weeks On the selection, and then the remainder of the year is training these guys, right? And so, something that was, you know, people talk about special forces selection and how the guys are all so fit. And a lot it's it's true, like a lot of guys in special forces are crazy fit dudes. But the reality of the job is that you don't actually have to be so insanely fit. You can, you have to be fit, you have to be healthy, right? But the like the annual fitness test is very hard, but it's not outrageous. Like one of my friends did it drunk, you know what I mean? (laughs) Actually, it was at my. (laughs) <laughs> at my it's cool. in the in the commandos it's called the calf that used to be anyway i don't know if they still do it, but the commando annual fitness test and it was basically the fitness test to get in you have to do that every year to make sure that you're still at that standard and at my engagement party we're all out and it's mostly guys from work that are there you know and one of my best friends at about two in the morning when you do the calf just start at like four because it it's an all day kind of event. It takes all day. So you start at like four in the morning and at like two, yeah. he looks at it and goes, Oh, I can't believe we all have to do the cast in a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, what? Cause your companies get allocated when they're doing it. And he was in different company and we are like, we're not doing that tomorrow. And he's like, Oh shit. You tell me I'm the only one, but he still managed it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like in great difficulty, no sleep during the Damn. night before, but managed to get done. Anyway, I digress. The point is, one of the reasons that people are so fit is because you want to prolong how long it takes – for you to be broken. Mm -hmm. So on the selection course, the reason it's so insanely difficult is you want to get to the point where people cannot pretend anything about themselves anymore, right? You want to get to the point where the veneer of whoever you're pretending to be falls and the real person is exposed, right? That's the whole point of why it's so physically demanding. That's why you deprive people of sleep and food and that kind of stuff. It's not really a test of how you go under sleep deprivation because like, you can't train for sleep deprivation you just like, it is what it is. In fact, you shouldn't train for sleep deprivation, but, the idea of putting people in those extremely stressful States is because you have to find a way to stress them so much that you replicate battle stress, mm. but it's always going to be fake. You know, you're not going to actually like the real stress of battle is that you could be killed. Right. But you know, on a selection, that's not, that's not on the cards. They're not yep. going to kill you. So you have to stress people physically enough to the point where they can't pretend to be who they're pretending to be anymore. And for me, cause I was never, in the top 1% of the fitness, like that was at the, <laughs> <laughs> the veneer fell for me at the kit check, yep. right? Like like 10 minutes into it where they made me do two burpees. I was like, this is who I am. Didn't I'm exhausted. The, didn't you get the Fat Commando Award at one Yeah, I those? was called it. Yeah, so I got it from this other guy. I yep. won't say all their names, but I was <laughs> – so uh, there was a nickname called the Fat Commando, right? Yeah. And it was another guy's – I don't know where it started before him. <laughs> so it was his, and then it was me and uh, so then. Australian. Yeah, so um, I was the fat commando for <laughs> oh, probably three or four years, and then there was this guy. Uh, he was on. He was on a selection course that I was instructing on before I was at the school. You know, this is going to haunt you like the dolphin. Yeah, no, well, I, it's not my name anymore. No, I, I'm I, finished I, with no, it. No, you pass
0: it on. Yeah, yeah it's gone from me. You, you pass
1: the mantle. So I looked at this dude. So the the kit check is done. Usually, it it's, it starts naked, right? So that like the way it works when you turn up is you have to lay out everything that you brought on the floor and you stand there naked and. <laughs> it's actually a weird thing. They make sure that there's females there and some people won't get naked. Like, and that's it. You're like, you're going straight away. Right. That's yep. part of it. It's not always full nude depends on where they do it, but it might be at the minimum stripped down to your jock. So you're standing there and then there's a kit check of what you meant to bring. And it's like, okay, like that's this why is why you do it at every PSA. opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, this is what is meant to be on the man. Right. And it's like underpants. So put your underpants on socks, put your socks on. Yeah. Like, so, and then what ends up happening, you repack all your gear according to the kit check and everything else is gone. Whatever else you brought, it gets left and he has is, and is gone. Yeah. Anyway, so there's this guy when I was instructing. a psychological thing too, right? Yeah. Mm. So there's this guy when I was instructing. He was 113 kilos and he probably should have been about 85, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're standing there and he's there and something had happened. He was injured or something. He and he was... <laughs> You know, overweight, and I said to him at the time, I said, "God damn it, I hope you pass." (laughs) <laughs> because you're getting the nickname. Yep. Uh, and he passed, no problems. He killed it. He yep. did an amazing job. He was he he was injured. I can't remember the exact story, but he was badly injured in the lead up and couldn't train and was the kind of person like myself that packs on weight super easy when they can't train. Yeah, Um I had that problem for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I passed on the mantle of the Fat Commando yep. to him. And I don't know whose it is now, but it, it, it's gone from me. Mm. But anyway, my point is, after this logs yeah, yeah, is that the idea of selection being so physically hard is yeah, there's a certain physical fitness that you have to meet and they do a fitness test. Like why is it so hard? The rest, you know, they're fit enough. Mm. The The reason it's so hard throughout, even after you've passed the test and we know how fit you are, is that we want to break you down to the point where you can't pretend to be anyone else than who you are. And mm-hmm. the real you comes out and that's what happens under real stress. You can't keep up the veneer. Right. And you really get to find out who people are and, like the guys that have been kicked out of special forces units are usually the most fit guys. They're the guys that don't fit in. And it turns out have like battle stress problems are usually weapons. Like they are the fittest, most unimaginably physically tough people you'll ever meet. Yep. And the reason they, they then have real battle stress problems is because they weren't actually stressed as much as everybody else was on selection. Right. So you never got to actually see them. The right. veneer never. Yeah. Felt. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, And because most things are done in group, yeah. like everything's a group activity, right? So the like one person makes a mistake, the whole group gets punished or like whatever the activity is, the whole group does it. Mm. So if you're so far ahead of the curve in fitness, like absolutely not even on the same chart as anybody else, they can never stress that individual to the point where like you can never stress him as much as I was stressed, right? Mm. So all the guys that have had real problems in the unit and have ultimately been kicked out just for like battle stress problems uh, have all – and I'm not talking PTSD stuff. People get PTSD. That's a different thing, right? But this is like just not suitable under under the stress of real life have all been beyond imaginably fit like unbelievable fit, like borderline, you know, superhuman type of abilities. Mm. And it's because of that, right? They never actually got to be stressed. So what I was talking about to wind back around to what we're actually going after my fat commando story (laughs) is that this is a time in business where this is the same thing happening. Right. And I think that you're going to get to see like, the, a lot of people will pretend to be something that they're not, and do that all the time. And now, when yeah. like it's a stressful time for everybody, right? Yeah. It's a time, especially in our industry, we are a luxury industry. Like if like dog training is a luxury thing, like especially, hospitality, totally,
0: and going it's- out having a coffee and everything like yeah. that. Like all those people are suffering. Yeah. You know? And just quickly interjecting, I'll let you carry on. But this is a time where you know, like in the lead up of this, we need to talk about how we support each other during these shitty times. Yeah. But yeah,
1: go ahead. So, that's so So that's kind of where we're going with mm. it. And like, you know, talk about luxury items. Like, mm. you know, I, most of the coaching I do is sport dog people, right? Yep. That's a fucking luxury item if ever you've had one. Absolutely. Most, like yeah. having a, a sport dog is as high a luxury as it gets. It's like owning a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No one needs it. It's nice to have. And when yeah, it's it looks good. Yeah. So I'm totally aware like that's, I'm a person that will be, you know, like when the purse strings have to be tightened, it'll, it'll get tightened around me. Yep. But I think a lot of us in the industry are the same, like a lot of pet training, that kind of thing. So we're going to be in some hardship, and people are just going to have to find ways to adapt. And you're going to have to maybe change it, change what you do for a while, whether that means you go online, maybe that's what you do, or maybe you fucking change industries because there's plenty of work. It's just not maybe not in the sector that you're used to having. And mm. during a, like a recession, if that's the way things go, maybe you have to change and you, and you keep your, like, as much as you can, you stay in your original lane, but you know, maybe you have to dip into others to, to make ends meet. Maybe that's what you have to do. Right. Like that's, that's just life. Yeah. Um, but what we are going to get to see now is, you know, who's, who's real. Right. And yeah. I think that this is not
0: a time people will remember how they're treated by others during this time for sure. hundred percent. I remember having a conversation with you months back before any of this was even thought of or contemplated or anything, but we're talking about friendship. And one of my considerations on friendships is when I'm not useful to someone, that's how I classify who's a friend to me. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times I'm, considered or thought of when people need something, yeah, you know, and that happens a lot. And again, you know, like I use myself in this situation to say that I've never done that would be fictitious. Of course, you know, I've done it myself, but I know that when I'm looking at who are my friends at the end of the day, when I'm completely useless to somebody and that person is still calling me and still wanting to maintain a a level of contact, that's a friend. Yeah, It's what we're going to see now is because this is a, a stage in human evolution for us, for our generation right now, right here, is we will really find out how important we are to people when resources are thinning out yep. and people are in need and are you going to do your bit and you're going to help them or are you just going to think about hoarding your stash of toilet paper mm-hmm. in your underground bunker somewhere when other people need things like that? If you know that you're in a position of excess, help other people out. Yeah, That's the thing to do. Is I mean, we have to do that here at work as well. We're looking at reducing and scaling down but not stopping and that's the thing as we're saying to our staff is let's not panic as i said before this resolves nothing panic is useless it is absolutely counterproductive to your own existence like when you panic you become a dangerous person we talk about this in aggression all the time yeah that the dog that's panicking is a very dangerous and unstable dog and it's the same thing with a human being It's one of the things that I had to learn in diving when we did the rescue course. And I know you would have done this extensively with all your training, but a panicking person, a drowning person is a person they'll take you under. Yeah. You know, that could be your own sibling, your own parent or anything like that, but they're not in their mind. They're not in their body. They're not occupying that space rationally anymore. So what I'm suggesting to people is, and you covered it before is get the facts. Don't stop speaking to each other, have conversations, reach out, utilize the community we might be socially isolated but we're not because i mean we're fundamentally doing what we do anyway with social media yeah is we're still talking to each other yeah exactly you know i had conversations with sean edwards before because he's just quit his job Mm. he's now moving into a situation where him and janet are relying on an income through the dog industry yeah and that's what i said to him which you and i had the conversation about and many people are uh, talking about now is transfer to online yeah People still need to be entertained and people still need to be educated. I mean, education shouldn't stop throughout all of this. And this is one thing that as a Well, in fact, you probably should take the opportunity. You need more of it. Take the opportunity. Read more, you know, educate more. And this is a golden time for the things that we've all been putting off, for the books that we haven't been reading, for the seminars or the online content that we haven't kept up to date with. This is a golden opportunity to do it. Like I've spoke to people- Narelle and I were in Adelaide last week doing a seminar and, you know, we had a few people that were concerned about the COVID issue and and pulled out of the seminar, but the vast majority turned up, which was great. But like you, we had one booked in Brisbane. We had to cancel that. And it's unknown what's going to happen in the next couple of months with other things that we had planned as well. But the reality is there were people there that said, oh, you know, I love the podcast, which I told you about. People over there in Adelaide are really lifting their game. They're raising the bar. Mm -hmm. They're joining the rest of Australia in in their opportunities, which they didn't for a long time. They were always, you know, like the poor cousin. And I I mean that with affection, not with disdain. But they were were always a bit late to the party and getting things going. But Mm -hmm. then, you know, like there's some really cool trainers over there now. There's some good businesses popping up. And that's because they're really hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And the point I'm trying to make here is that people are saying, you know, like love the podcast, being avid fans of it, but not up to date. Well, here's, your, opp- chance. here's, here's your opportunity, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, and I don't mean that distastefully, of course, but you know, like the message that we're actually trying to get out in, in amongst all of the waffle is that we really want people to think about, not only looking after yourselves but looking after our community yeah i mean we have to look after our, ourselves our family you know our workplaces and so forth but we also have to help each other come up with ideas and if you are in a good position if you own a grocery store right now and you're selling bunches of toilet paper <laughs> have a think about how we can help the community out how we can still make some pay because there is sunshine around it's yeah it's that's it it's, it. it's adaptation. you've got to
1: adapt yeah. everybody has to adapt and yeah like like i say I'm going to be hit massively hard mm. already have been. Right. Yep. Um, and I just think that it's important for me, it's important because we get to see what, like what people are like when the chips are down. And like, mm. I, the, both the guys were hosting me in the States coming up at the moment, were both really good about it. And like agreed with me and that I said, look, I'll wear the airfare. And so Virgin have been amazing. Right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, they've been really good. <laughs> they know they're going
1: broke probably, right? So, mm. they're like when I called them and like said, oh, you know, I've got to cancel my flights. No problem. Absolutely no problem. We can just refund you that money, no problem. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, sort of go into a credit with us uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you'll be able to reuse it in the future. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, it's a credit. It's not a refund. Yeah, and like, because they, like, who knows what's going to happen for all like of that. Mm. And then- they you know, maintain your status credits. I got an email saying, Oh, don't worry. We're going to give you 70 points a month just to make sure that you keep that your, your platinum status. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to make promises. You probably never have to keep It's it. <laughs> but anyway, that's another problem. But like I said, with the guys, like I think that, Give the people who bought their tickets back as much money as possible, if not all of it, as much as absolutely possible. And we have to be prepared to wear some of the hurt on that. And like I said, I wore the airfare and Mm. we'll see whether we ever get that money back. But I'm prepared to do that because I think the way that business works, and I think this is important, people understand it, is he who takes the greatest risk takes the greatest reward, right? And so, you know, I stand to make a good chunk of money when I do those seminars. That's how I make my living now. Mm. But. I, because I stood to take the most reward, of course, it's a gamble. I, I stand yeah. to take the risk. It's still and so, a gamble.
0: You don't know who's going to turn up on the day right. and who's going to cancel. That's right. So
1: it's on me. Like mm. when when someone's got to lose money over it, I was prepared to do that because yep. I had. I stood to make the most if it went well. So I'm prepared to lose some. Yep. Um, and that's just the way it is. And I'm lucky that I'm in a position where I could afford to do that. You know mm. what I mean? Like, you know, it's not like I'm... Like for now I can afford to do that, right? And I think that, you know, I've got – I was talking to Alex this morning about what's coming up in Melbourne and I'm there. The plan is I think it's late May. And so we're pressing ahead, right? Like we, we don't know what's going on in that time. But we're lucky that we both discussed this morning. He's hosting me in Melbourne. We're not going to commit to any overheads until just before. Yep. And that way we can still refund people hundred percent. So if yep. people call him and say, Hey, I, I don't want to go because you know, I'm in that risk category, no matter what you do, I'm, I i do not want to be there. No problem. hundred percent refund, but mm. everybody else keep booking and ho- we'll hold your booking. And if there's any way we can possibly make it happen, we will, but it's adaption. You got to like say for that event, right? Yeah. Like it's meant to be a two day seminar, Saturday, Sunday, well, if the space, if we want to stick to social isolation and we want to spread people out and still go ahead, maybe, and this is just a hypothesis, right? We're not mm. saying this is what's going to happen, but maybe we split those people and I do it twice. Maybe we do like a Friday-Saturday crew so that we can have less people in one space and then yep. we do it like a Saturday-Sunday crew. Like that's an option. Or maybe we do like we change the venue to an outdoor. Like there's lots of things that we we'll work through as we go. Mm. Like it's Because you have to keep the machine moving as much as possible. You can't just let everything grind to a total halt and then think you're going to start up that machine again? Like you got won't start
0: up the same. Like it. That's right. You know, it, it takes a while to warm up to get back to parity. And even then, you know, like that, it, it, there's a lot of assessment that's going to have to go on after this. Yeah. And what you're talking about now is what Jackie and Alicia just did in Adelaide when they hosted the seminar through mm-hmm. the Dog Workshop. I'm plugging their little business mm-hmm. over there because it's they're great and they're lovely ladies and they've got a good thing going on, but. Soon as we got there, they said to everybody, Okay, let's practice the social hygiene. They spaced the chairs apart, they had hand sanitizer on par around for everybody to freely use. Yeah. We pretty much practiced uh, you know, limiting your contact, covering your mouth if you're coughing or anything like that. Or yeah. if you suspected that you're ill, don't come at all. Yeah. And they were fantastic about it. So, you know, there was no stigma attached to it. There were people that still wanted to go out for dinner with each other and talk and hang out and Yep. And meet each other. And in Australia, we're still at a point where we
1: can do that. Like I know some places in the States are groups of no more than 10 people and that sort of thing. That's, right? a, law, so, that's a law issue. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. like here, we're still at a point where we can still congregate groups of up to 100. 100. Yeah. Mm. And even when you're in those groups, you should take precautions.
0: We just called the NDTF off. So we all collectively agreed, students, the course providers, and our staff all agreed that it was a socially responsible thing at this point in time. Yeah. Just while things are a bit – up in the air and we're uncertain about it just to say look it's probably a good idea just to call it for now and then reassess it at a later date but those open lines of communication is what's important that right? is like that yes be straight yes, up with people yeah uh, your staff included and tolerance please folks exercise tolerance yeah. right now I, tolerance is so important because people are stressed and as we said before you know stress creates tension and dare i say it a little panic you know and just remember Give people a little time and a little tolerance, but also give them access to the right information yeah. and ongoing information as well. Don't leave people dangling and, you know, uncertain of what's going on. The more we communicate to each other effectively and clearly, the better people will feel about yeah. what's going on because they're being included in the conversation. Communication amongst each
1: other is the key. Like, you know, last night I was talking to a friend of mine has a cafe, right? Yep. And, you know, it's, he'll be hurting. Oh, big time. There's hardly anyone there. Yeah. And, we're talking about the deals that he's come to with his suppliers and it's just like, Hey, like I can't pay my backlog of bills. I will, I'll pay everything that I'm now cause he's massively reduced yep. like what he's ordering. I'll pay cash on delivery for that and I'll keep chipping away at the stuff that I owe you. Yeah. But you got to just be upfront about that and say, this is the position that's, that's that it. I'm in and they have to go, well, okay. Like if you want to keep getting supplied, like this is the position that we're in. Mm. I think it's so long as people are, you know, are willing to negotiate like that? Like we all have to do our part to keep each other moving, keep the yes. machine moving as much as possible, as yep. much as reasonable, and just ask. Like you know, ask and you'll receive. Like it, it, it's a case of maintaining a healthy relationship with your business, with your, with everything. Yeah, yeah, that is. Amicable when it restarts because
0: we're going to cut like one way or another. Everything that begins has an ending, and that's this, right. This this too will end. You yeah, know?
1: we go back to what's going to be our new normal eventually, yeah. and whether like who knows what who knows what that looks like, and it's not for us to speculate. But you're going to have to go back to trading as things were at some point and you want to maintain healthy relationships as possible, as much as possible through the difficulty Mm. so that that's an easy transition so that when you then restart or whatever, people go, no, fuck you. You, you were, you treated me like shit during that
0: time you're out and someone else will fill that space. Right. So I think that's what I'm focusing on to reiterate what we've been talking about and obviously has been, pretty much influencing all of the media that's coming into our homes right now is communicate not only with each other, but also your lenders, your landlords, your banks, any financial institution you're involved with, the tax departments, anybody that you can see where it's going to put a little bit of strain on because all of them are going through it too. Yeah, It's not just us. And that's the thing is a lot of times when we're going through crisis, we tend to look at what's in our bubble but just remember this bubble is is long and wide and it's it's not just a nation thing, it's a worldwide thing. What we're feeling, we might be feeling like a small bump in it, other people are, experience a huge hit by yeah. it. So, you know, you do have to take care of you, I understand that. You have to remain healthy and vigilant and, and do what you need to do, but... Part of that, part of taking care of you is also making sure if you haven't gotten the hint by now, it's taking care of your community as well. Because largely your community supports you. All the benefits that we have in our life are because of somebody in the community. Somebody has provided or done the work for us or done something. So don't lose sight of that because we are in this together. We are part of the human race more than ever in in the education I've received as being a human being is we've received information non-corona related about being more tolerant and better human beings to each other, you know, treating each other better and so forth. Now you're going to get a real exercise in this. Yeah. You know, now you're really going to find out where where your measure is made because now is a time where a lot of intolerance and a lot of anxiety is going to creep up on people and start creating some angst. The further we can get this message out to people, the further we can talk about it, the better off we are all going to be in the long run. Yeah. And as you pointed out before, Pat, when things return to normal, you know, rather than having a, a situation where we're weird with each other because of how we treated each other. We can get back to saying, well, wasn't that a kick in the pants? All right. Mm. Now we're ready to start over and, and no harm, no fail. And your relationships come out stronger
1: because of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, hey, we went through that bullshit together. We're brothers together. and sisters in arms. Yeah. And we looked after mm. each other and, and hey, like I couldn't pay you at that time, but now I can. So here it is. You yep. know what I mean? Like you got to,
0: got to try and do that.
1: Be strong, Be compassionate. Be brave,
0: be prepared to adapt. Yeah. I think that's, Adaptation is important. You know, like yeah. we talk about that in training aspects of training dogs, you know, how important it is to have a dog that's, that's versed to adaptation. Well, that's, that's upon us now. Yeah. You know, we have to eat the same pie that we're handing out to our people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, totally. Mm any other pearls of wisdom? No, nah, that's all I got. I think that's pretty good for now. Yeah. You know, like um we we're, we're going to try and resume things as normally as we possibly can and yep. if you can I, I know things are, are tough and purse strings are going to be tightened, but we'll be around on Patreon as well. Yeah. still to deliver content and I think it's important help
1: educate. What I would say on that is and for the events that are coming up and that is it's important not to put yourself in a position financially that is you know, unsustainable, you're right. Yep. But, but also it's important to keep things moving around as much as possible. So I mean about not letting the machine stop. Right. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's got to look after themselves, but I think it's important to keep sort of the the industry moving as much as possible. Don't let the industry grind to a halt.
0: As I say to my staff, this is a pause, not a stop.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's all it is. And this is the way we've got to think about it. You know, we're going to get through this. It's not the end. You know, there are people who are predicting some terrible things, but, I mean, I'm as certain as I can be on the advice that I've been given, this is an inconvenience. And, you know, the more we look at it that way, the better off we're going to be. And we're not going to come up with some crazy unsustainable ideas.
1: Yeah. And if work slowed down, which, you know, it has for everybody, is take it as an opportunity for development. Except if
0: you're working the toilet paper aisle.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, some industries are busier than ever, right? Um, I mean, what
0: a time to be in groceries. Yeah.
1: But that, let's but that will then that that's that's going to look like a slinky. That's oh, absolutely that's, that's coiling out, and then it's going to come back when when
0: people realise. Oh, I didn't need when all they've this got stuff. a bunker load of sustainable foods, and they're going to look at it and go, "Well, now we have to get through this." Yeah, you know, shopping centres are going to take yeah. a hit, and they're I mean, the ones that are still going to need community support. Yeah, because the last thing we want to do is have our shopping centres and our grocery stores closing up after that. So yeah. you know, might be a bit of trading on toilet paper for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's Such a weird <laughs> thing. It is. It's crazy, uh, mind you. You have to wipe your ass. You do. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? Well, uh, but do. You- or Unless you've got a bidet. Actually, I wanted to start a company, an Australian bidet company called Bidet Mate. Where <laughs> 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 you're sitting on it with two thumbs up and I, you've got a bit or- I can't believe you just
1: said that out loud on podcast. No, someone will is- steal it. Someone's going to be making that. With, yeah. By the end of the week, Yeah, will be Bidet Mate. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Yep. totally. Yep. But yeah, I think. Uh, you know, something I'm planning on doing, uh, I've got like three books in various states of
0: disregard. Yeah, I've got and, one and, that's – I've got chapters written and it's still sitting there. So, you know, it's an opportunity yeah, to, it's for me to eat, eat my own
1: cake. It's time to just get hook into the things you say you have no time to do. You now have time to do them and then they're ready for when they come out. Yep. I think as well, like, you know, I see a lot of people asking about transitioning to online. It's like, you know, that's so easy to do. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Like yeah. people that do Skype sessions with me, yeah, I have a – a booking app that has a subscription that costs me, that actually is expensive. Maybe that costs me like 400 bucks a year or something like that. Right. But you don't need that. You can do the bounce back and forth. If people are in your time zone, it's very easy. Mm. It's only when you're kind of all over the world that it gets more tricky. You can use messenger. That's right. You can use messenger. This Mm. is the thing. Like I don't use any fancy platform on my booking thing. It says, how do you want to talk? And we can do it in messenger, WhatsApp, Skype, uh, Skype or FaceTime. I give those four options. Mm. And it like, I don't need a, a special thing it's really easy so people can transfer to that if if what you do goes into that yep and but like i say i think as much as you can use the time as self-development which is what i plan to do yeah that's great yeah that's sage advice and i'm gonna get jacked i'm just gonna use my home gym and why get, not get massive hmm. are you gonna call this episode the fat commando i might <laughs> <laughs> all right Do you wrap it up yep that's it For another episode of the Canine Paradigm. As always, if you like what you hear, please like, rate, share, subscribe. Do that through whatever subscription service you download us from. If you want to support the show, it'd be great if you can continue to do that through Patreon. Content's going to keep coming out through there. Mm. And I plan on doing some extra kind of live sessions through there. Maybe just Q&As while I'm at home and have the time to do that.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Um,
1: yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for that. If you want to get in contact with us, you know, let's stay together as a community in the discussion group. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way Let, to do Let's that.
0: share some great ideas on how we can- yeah. Just remember something. What? Hopefully people are listening to this because yeah. we're in the outro part. Yeah, I wonder if people listen through to the outro. Well, we can we can
1: cut the outro part and do it again. And now nah, leave it in this bit. Okay, leave all this in. Yep, and that way we'll find out who listens. Okay, so. Assuming, and we are assuming that the ISCP
0: conference is going ahead, right? So far, so good. Right? Yeah. I've got got assurances on this at this stage. More will come in in time. I'm speaking on the box stuff. And I've got a two-hour
1: slot to do that. And Mm -hmm. what I want is, like, I teach it. It takes about an hour to kind of run through the whole thing. And then I want to do interactive. Like, I want to get people doing it. Yep. But I never use a a presentation. I always just talk. But there, I will use one because I can count on it, right? Yep. What I want is a couple of case studies and I want to get in contact with some people now. And I feel like this is an opportunity. I want some people to get who your shit together. Well, some people who, what I want to prove with the box thing, and this is why I think it's so powerful, is that you don't, you can teach it remotely. Mm-hmm. So I had been doing the botch and I'd done it with a bunch of my own dogs yep. and with clients and that kind of stuff. And then it was when Jess contacted me in Darwin and I kind of gave her the run through in like 10 minutes on how to use it. And it was effective for her. And the vet was able to vaccinate the dog while it was in the box. Yep. So yeah. So it was when that happened mm. that I started teaching it and talked about it in the podcast because I realized, okay, this is a powerful thing that doesn't require a trainer's a trainer's intervention, although Jess is very good with dogs, but this is something we can teach over the phone and over a podcast, right? Which is Mm. why we did it. So I kind of, in keeping with that, want to prove that point. And so what I want is like a, a little sample group of people who have maybe a, like a reactive dog, or if you've been just started listening to the show or something like that, get in contact with me and I want just two or three people. So I know I'll get, swamped with this and i I almost regret putting this out here beforehand who i want to do just a couple of lessons with i want you'll get listen to the podcast that's available i'll send you the patreon one if you're not in the patreon although you should be and i will just critique a couple of videos that's it just early stage things and then what i want is for people the only people i'm prepared to do this with are people who will commit to then filming it all and will start like a shared folder or something Mm -hmm. and i want to see the progress because i want to use that as like my case study to show at ISCP because that's, you know, in six months time or whatever that is. Right. Yep. Now assuming that goes ahead. So what I want to then have is like videos I can show and we say like, look how nervy reactive, look at all the issues this dog has. And now this is the box work that's been going on with nothing but minimal impact and what's like online available as well as a couple of video critiques. Mm-hmm. Here's the end result. Right. And I want to like progress to a like before and after type videos to have available there so that I can show the process end to end. And then when we go to the practical component, we will just do like first sessions. And then if there's people who have dogs there that are, you know, more advanced, then we'll get to do some more advanced stuff. Right. So that's my goal. So get in contact with me. If I say it's full, it is because I'm sure that a lot of people will, will do this and want to be doing it. But what you must be prepared to do is commit to seeing this through. I want people that are going to do it like properly Mm. It's not hard to do, but you have to be prepared to commit to doing it and to film at least one session a week of where you're at and send that to me that I'm going to start collating to make a before and after type videos. Perfect. great I think that'd be
0: cool. Yeah, I do too. It'd be nice for the whole conference to see.
1: What I would also like, and send me if you are prepared to do this as well, just let me know, is someone who does the same with no input from me other than what they've heard and seen online. Mm. Right. Cause I want to also prove that that works too. Right. So I want kind of people who have been coached a little bit, not a lot, as well as people who are prepared to just go it alone with no actual input from me, just the information that's widely available on the podcast. Yeah, on yep. the podcast yep. And I'll show that how effective that is as well. I like so, it evidence-based. Yeah. Mm. So I want to show that. And like in six months from, yeah, it's roughly six months. Isn't yeah. It? Six so, months, like, yeah. Yep. so you can, you can change your dog's life completely in six months. If yeah. you commit to this and do it properly, you can have a, a completely different version of your dog. Awesome. So I want to have some sample groups like that.
0: Yeah.
1: That'd be fun. What an awesome lineup too on the ISCP conference this year. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing lineup of speakers. Mm. Really, I mean, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wonder if we can have my thing changed to the Fat Commando.
0: Nah. It's taken me years to shake that nickname. Well, we're gonna call the episode that now. Yeah. I I think I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was like a Marvel episode where the film ended. We went through the credits, and yeah. then we then, Had we, then, then we've extra got extra at content the at
1: the end. And it, yeah, it's good because this is for the true diehards that it let it run out. Yeah, to absolutely, the
0: end. I agree. Listen to the end, the end music. Yep, here it comes.